This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. Well, there has been a showdown of sorts in the U.S. Senate trying to determine how royalty payments to government scientists might have influenced government policy and guidance over COVID-19 vaccines and mandates. Senator Rand Paul grilled Dr. Anthony Fauci again, this time on these royalty payments. Um, As we know, Fauci announced that he'll be leaving the National Institutes of Health at the end of the year. But that does not mean he's off the hook. And here is a clip from that exchange between Paul and Fauci. We've been asking you, and you refuse to answer, whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. We've demanded them through Freedom of Information Act, and what have you said? We're not going to tell you. But I tell you this, when we get in charge, we're gonna change the rules, and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies, and if anybody on the committee has a conflict of interest, we're gonna learn about it. I promise you that. Uh, Mr. Chair, can I can I respond to that, please? Hey. Okay, there are two aspects for what you said. You keep saying you approve, you do this, you do that. The committees that give the approval are FDA through their advisory committee. The committees that recommend are CDC through their advisory committee. And you keep saying, I'm the one that's approving a vaccine based on certain data. So I don't really understand. So that is the gist of it. Uh, Much of what we know about these royalty payments has been done by Open the Books. And I am pleased to have as my guest today, its founder and CEO, Adam Angievsky. Welcome back, Adam. Well, great to be on the program. Thanks for your interest in our work. Well, you know, we've talked to you not so long ago about other issues regarding Fauci, his record media appearances while he was leading us on the pandemic, which made us all wonder when he had time to actually do that job. And then we talked to you about his retirement package. Um, Now you've been leading the charge on Fauci on these royalty payments at the NIH. And Senator Rand Paul has picked up on it. Um, And so is Representative John Molinar from Michigan. Um, Both of them are Republicans. Should this be a bipartisan concern? Well, it should be a bipartisan concern. Transparency used to be a trans party issue. I mean, you still have transparency as a as a bipartisan concern during elections, but typically far too often Democrats and some Republicans, they run on transparency during the election. Then once they get elected, they run away from the issue. And I think that's what we're seeing in the United States Congress. You have Republicans, Molinar, you mentioned from Michigan, John Molinar in the House. Uh, he, within 36 hours of our investigation publishing last May, he had the acting director, Lawrence Tabak, in the hot seat during a House appropriations budget hearing on the on the appropriation for the National Institutes of Health. So this was a very important hearing. And he had five minutes and he used the entire time to grill Tabak on these third party royalty payments. And finally, at about the three quarter mark, Tabak admitted what we'd been saying for a day and a half previously in our on our breaking investigation that every single one of those third party royalty payments is a potential 
conflict of interest. Now, Tabak said, uh, trust us. There's nothing wrong here. We have firewalls. <laughs> well, the entire complex we know over the course of the last day, the, the entire uh, royalty complex now, because of our federal lawsuit, we know the top line numbers. It's substantial. $300 million over the last decade flowed back from third-party payers like pharmaceutical companies back back into NIH, enriching the agency, its leadership, and its scientists. Yeah. And these are government employees who are, are already well compensated. I mean, given they are highly educated, but, you know, they're paid fairly. Um, now, in that clip, Dr. Fauci said he and NIH are separate entities from the CDC and the FDA uh, who have issued the guidance and approved the vaccine. So based on that, do you think he might be off the hook? So look, no, Fauci's got a lot to answer for. So his sub-agency, and people should keep in mind that not only, you know, we broke the news in January of 2021 that Dr. Fauci was the most highly compensated federal employee. And that's that's true since 2019. Uh, but but he runs a sub-agency of the National Institutes of Health, which is a sub-agency of Health and Human Services. There's 27 institutes. Fauci runs just one of them under the National Institutes of Health. Now, his, his agency um, gets a lot of royalties. He's got to answer for the royalties. He heads up that agency, and he receives royalties. Okay, the head of the National Cancer Institute He's one of the top royalty receivers, okay? You've got leadership at NIH. Francis Collins used to head up NIH for years. He's a royalty receiver. You've got deputies underneath Fauci that are royalty receivers. So, I mean, you have leadership across the board receiving royalties. Now, here's, here's the problem, and, and Rand Paul is on this, and he's asking the right questions because NIH – on the production, the forced production from our lawsuit, federal lawsuit, they were going to give us nothing. They finally gave, it, gave us heavily redacted documents, but they're, they're blanking out, they're redacting the name of the third-party payer. Think pharmaceutical company. We don't know what companies are paying $300 million. Okay, here's the other thing. They're, they're, the other things they're blanking out and redacting is the, um, the amount to the individual scientist. I can see the top line numbers, but I can't see, for instance, how much Fauci or Collins or the other leaders or the other 2,200 scientists are receiving individually. They black those out. They're also blacking out the license and patent numbers. So we don't know what the inventions are, what inventions are being licensed. So NIH is hiding the royalty stream. It continues to be hidden. And this at its nexus, at its core, that's what Dr. Rand Paul is objecting to, the secrecy. And he says Republicans, if they take control of Congress in November, they're going to change the rules. And it's about time. Well, it'll be interesting to see where a Fauci goes in December if he flies off to his mansion in Maui with all these royalty payments or who knows. I mean, he, he probably isn't going to get out of the business. And it's, you know, he's if he's got a big chunk of change under his belt, who knows what might be next on his agenda. Um, well, yeah, go ahead. Let's speculate a little bit there because I've, I've got a thought on this. I think Fauci is going to head up the national the uh, National Institutes of Health Foundation. Ah. Incredibly, he'll get a pay increase. And because it's a 501c3 public charity, 
it's not subject to FOIA. It's not subject to Federal Freedom of Information Act laws. So he, he's going to just shift from the director of the National Institutes of Health, Allergies and Infectious Diseases, over to the National Institutes of Health Foundation which is a substantial, heavily funded entity, probably by pharmaceutical companies. So he's going to keep his finger on the scale and he's going to make more money. The existing director over there makes more money than Fauci because <laughs> the system's been gamed, right? He'll make over half a million dollars a year. He'll collect a federal pension, we estimate, north of 375000 a year in the first year. The president makes 400000 so his, his pension will rival the president's salary in his first year of retirement. Plus, he'll, he'll scoop up another half million as director of the National Institutes of Health Foundation. That's my prediction. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. Um, you know, tell us, I have so many questions here. How do the payments work? I mean, shouldn't the taxpayers be getting these royalty payments back since they're the ones who are paying researchers their salaries? Yeah, look, I agree with you. Um, this law was changed. I believe it was in 1981, 1982. It was a bipartisan effort. But the intent of the bill was never to enrich government scientists. They've driven a, a bus through the loophole here. So let's kind of tease it out a little bit. If you work for a pharmaceutical company in the private sector, and if you invent something, you don't get the royalties. The company gets the royalties for the for the invention. Uh, but if you're a government scientist, your labs, everything about your employment, your your salary, they're all highly compensated. Uh, you know, they've got they've got quite a package. So, you know, we're about these salaries. So these are government employees. And you said they've been doing this since like night. They changed the rules on this like a couple of decades ago. So this was no secret that these royalty payments were coming in. But I'm just really, um, I, I guess, what prompted you to really kind of take a look at them this time around? Because we came off a pandemic where healthcare policy was really intrusive. Well, I think during the pandemic, everybody got the sense that big government was very close to big pharma. And so we wanted to know just how close they were. And we did some research and we noticed that back in 2005, the Associated Press filed a Freedom of Information Act request for the third-party paid royalty payments. So think about this. Every year, we knew that NIH was doling out $30 billion to 56,000 healthcare entities across the United States. They're basically buying the entire healthcare wow. industry. This is what's going on. So we wanted to know how much money's flowing the other way from the industry back to the agency, its leaders, and its scientists. And so we noticed that in 2005, the Associated Press filed that request for the third-party paid royalties, and they got the whole database. And there was an immediate scandal. Fauci had taken about $45,000 on a, an AIDS drug that he had invented. And so he was also green greenlighting as head of, the, of his sub-agency millions of taxpayer dollars more to enhance the drug. And that's on its face a conflict of interest, and he was called out on it, and at the time he said he would donate his royalties to charity. And so then for 17 years, there was no oversight. Nobody asked any questions till we came along. We filed our Freedom of Information Act request a year ago with NIH, and they completely ignored it. They never even responded. So with Judicial Watch, we sued them in federal court, and in February, 
they admitted to holding 3,000 pages of line-by-line -line royalties over the course of the last decade. So we've been getting those that production, 300 pages a month. It'll wrap up in November, but now we can estimate the complex because we've got, you know, we've got you know, 80% of the pages through the door. And it's between 300 million and 400 million, probably about halfway through, probably about $350 million worth of third-party paid royalties by the time the production ramps up in November. So that's, that's why the database is so important, to be able to follow the money, to be able to see the conflicts, to see who is benefiting whom. Grants, tens of billions of dollars a year in grants are going out through the door. And coming back in through the other door are hundreds of millions of dollars worth of third-party paid royalties every decade. Yeah, and and Paul made mention that you know if the Republicans take over, the rules are going to change, and he's going to be able to get the remainder of those documents. Um, and and you said there's they're heavily redacted, so I don't know if that's even a possibility. But um, do you think that will ever come to be, or you know it just isn't going to go anywhere? Well, look, Paul headed up a coalition of five Republican U.S. senators that sit on the Homeland Security Committee with jurisdiction over NIH. They wrote a demand letter. You know, they copied us, cited us, and they said, we want to see the unredacted database. We want to be able to follow the money. And the five U.S. senators on their demand letter carrying the force of law they were ignored also by NIH. These bureaucrats really think you and I and the senators work for them. They have forgotten that they're unelected, they're paid for by taxpayers, and they answer to us. Yeah. So we've got this continuous loop. We've got the private industry, big pharma, the NIH, and then, as you mentioned earlier, the private researchers and hospitals that receive all these grants from NIH. And then part of that loop, I assume, is the media, because there really hasn't been a whole lot of exposure in corporate media. Well, you know, they're not. We haven't. So back in the day when the Associated Press got the database, it was, you know, it was broadcast news on CBS at night, ABC. We haven't seen that type of coverage this time. But we, you know, at OpenTheBooks.com, we've gotten a lot of coverage. You know, we've put this on primetime at Fox, on Newsmax, on One America News. You know, we've We've uh, had links at Drudge. We've we've uh, put this across. I mean, we've gotten a tremendous amount of coverage on it. For instance, I'm in the there's a there's a documentary coming out by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right here in October, and it's it's called it's it's a documentary on the book that he wrote, The Real Anthony Fauci. I'm going to be in the documentary talking about the Fauci family finances. So all of this, as uh, we have gotten a lot of media on it, we haven't gotten the mainstream you know, quote unquote, traditional media that one would have expected. Well, they should be all over this. Well, in, in terms of impact, I think, you know, the greatest impact we have had is that this year, starting in January, Fauci has appeared in congressional hearings four times. And in all four hearings, he's had to answer questions from OpenTheBooks.com investigations. Our investigations have been used all four times to, to quiz him in those Senate and House hearings, and if you remember back in January, it really led to his code red moment. You can't be America's top doctor if you're melting down on national television. And with U.S. Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas in January, spent five minutes on our findings 
on the Fauci finances. And Fauci misled the country. He misled Congress when he said, my finances are public knowledge. And they weren't. We've been suing with Judicial Watch as our advocates for a thousand pages of the Fauci finances. We're currently suing for Fauci's wife's employment documents. She's the chief bioethicist at the National Institutes of Health. Another conflict, yeah. And she's not being ethical. (laughs) They're not following Sunshine Law. So if you remember in January, when Fauci was quizzed on his finances, he melted down on national television and called the senator a moron. And then he disappeared for two months. So this impact in these congressional hearings on our investigations of Fauci and NIH, they've had a real impact on a national stage. Well, that's great. Um, so what, what is the next step here? Uh, much will, I guess, be determined in November. Um, you know, we've got a 50-50 split uh, in the Senate, but the House will probably turn. Who? I mean, who knows? Anything could happen in this election. What is your next step? What are you guys looking at? So... You know, we're subject matter experts on Fauci, and there's a lot of legs that will roll out between now and the end of the year. We're also investigating, uh, and we've built about 10, 10 different avenues of research into oh, California Governor wow, Gavin Newsom. Right, yes. As you know, it took us 10 years. We just published the California checkbook in August, but it was a knockdown, drag out dogfight to open the line by line expenditures in the state of California. We went through two California controllers. We sued in a California uh, superior court. We lost, and then we pivoted to plan B. We filed 442 sunshine requests with every single state agency in California. Over a four-month period, they produced the records. We posted them all on our website at openthebooks.com. You should check it out. It's it's 6.1 million records. There's 201,000 state vendors who in fiscal year 2021 received $87 billion. And then we took Newsom's campaign donor disclosures. We matched it up with the state vendor list. And we found he solicited a thousand of them, thousand state vendors. He received $10.6 million in campaign donations from those vendors. And they received last year, $6 billion in state payments. Boy, that that is incredible. And 10 million can win you an election. <laughs> you know, the, the sums that we are seeing being spent in these elections and eventually they do. They clobber anybody who tries to challenge them. This is just insane. It is. And and I'm just really grateful that you're you're on to it. Thank you so much for your work. We really appreciate it. And um, you'll have to keep us posted. And, I, and I'm going to include all these links on our podcast notes because everybody listening to this should check it out. Um, and we'll write about it, too, uh, in Healthcare News. So thank you so much, uh, Adam Andrzejewski of Open the Books, for talking to us today about all this work and shining some light on the murkiness of our government and healthcare bureaucracies, uh, namely the NIH. But then you've got uh, California, too, so that's going to be a lot of interest as well, I suppose. Thanks so much again for your work. Thank you. And, and uh, if you enjoyed this discussion and you want to help spread the free market message, share our link, become a regular subscriber to the Heartland Daily Podcast, and rate us on your po- podcast platform. Uh, I will include links, like I mentioned, on all this material Open the Books uh, has published on its website. And again, you, I encourage all our listeners to go check that out. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. Mm-hmm.